Money doesn't always buy victories. I'm reading that headline now on CBS Sports. I just found the story about five minutes ago. Money doesn't always buy victories, and it's interesting, man. And hey, look, I know what the way that the OU season has gone up to this point, Parker. We can't necessarily point and laugh at anyone <laughs> for their overall record. But it is kind of an interesting point that, you know, there are some college football programs out there that have based everything on NIL. Their NIL collective, throwing out a ton of money, highly ranked recruiting classes, and it hasn't translated to wins. And there's three programs in particular, right? A&M, Texas, and Miami. All three are kind of a dumpster fire at this point. Maybe Texas is in a little bit better of shape than Miami or a and I mean, Miami just turned it over eight times and a loss to Duke, but the point still stands, and it's it's pretty interesting. Yeah, it's hard to imagine a worse situation than the one down there in Miami right now because you get dusted at home by Middle Tennessee State, then a couple weeks later, like you said, you turn the ball over eight times in a 45-21 home loss to Duke. Yeah, old Mario Cristobal is already in dire straits, so... As much as we talk about the uh, the flounderings of the Aggies down in College Station, I would say the poster child for what not to do in the NIL era in terms of culture might actually be down in Coral Gables. Yeah. Well, and it's just, you know, we've been saying it since the offseason. Um, NIL, if you go all in, there's no proof whatsoever that it's going to get you a lot of wins. Now, at the same time, there are programs out there that are aggressive with NIL, that are winning football games, Tennessee being one of them, right? Tennessee's got one of the, if not the largest single NIL collective out there. Tennessee's having their best year since 1998 at this point. Uh, Oregon, I think, is very heavy in on NIL. They're having a nice year. So it's not everyone, but kind of the three poster childs of what we thought or who we think of when we think heavy NIL, having tough stars. I I just wonder if... Those three programs in particular, if they're going to try to scale things back, my guess would be probably not. Again, you keep, here's the thing. You keep throwing money at problems, and those problems don't get fixed. You start to become convinced that all you need to do is throw more money at those problems, right? Because the solution is never to stop throwing money at those problems in, when you're looking at it from that perspective. But... It, if you continue to do that, odds are the issues are going to continue to compound upon themselves. And I think we're beginning to see that with Miami and Texas A&M. Because really, you started to get the sense that uh, this thing wasn't going to trend in a fantastic direction for A&M based on some of what went down late in the 2021 season. And even with that phenomenal recruiting class that they signed, uh, you, you just pay attention to Jimbo Fisher's press conferences and the comments that he made about Nick Saban and other situations of that ilk. Kind of got the sense that, okay, something's not right down there, and now they're sitting at three and four. Now there's plenty of bad vibes coming out of that locker room. And, again, you get what you bargain for in college football, and this is what A&M has bargained for. Yep. Exactly right. Uh, let's see. Shane the Train in Newcastle. Any new buzz on Anthony Evans? Sorry if I'm late to that party. Oh, that party. The Anthony Evans, the David Hicks, and the Colton Vosick parties never end. They're 24-7 parties, essentially, because everyone wants to know about those three particular guys. Is there any new news on the Anthony Evans front? Not since yesterday, Shane. 
And I, I don't know, like the only news that could come out is if he cancels the visit to Georgia or if he decommits from OU. That's really kind of the only big news that can come out. And I would not the- be concerned about him decommitting from OU. Uh, mentioned it in the 12 o'clock hour with Steely. The reality is Evans has a ton of family out there in Georgia. Uh, they're going to be out visiting his grandmother on that weekend. His mom's a diehard Georgia fan. She's never been to a Georgia game. It provides Evans with an opportunity to take his mom to watch Georgia. He is uninterested in reopening his recruitment. He is 100% locked in with Oklahoma. The OU staff is aware of the visit. They were aware of the visit before it broke. And all is fine and well. On the Anthony Evans front. Yeah. Uh, money could fix A&M's problems, says someone from the 580. About $86 million worth. That's from 12 in Payne County. That is true. $86 million uh, and a little bit of change north of that, I think, is the, uh, is the cost to buy out Jimbo Fisher. But I think there's about a 0% chance that A&M's throwing $86 million at the end of the season to get rid of their issue. I don't think even Texas A and M. I don't think is throwing eighty six million dollars to get rid of this one. Do all the trolls tune in right about two o'clock? Yes. Because in the last couple of texts, we've got, "Hey, homers! Oh, you just gave up 41, 55, 49, and forty two. And what does that have anything to do with A uh, and M, Texas, and Miami going all in on NIL in a story that I was referencing? And then we had but another. Yes, they have. We had another listener say, "What are you talking about? Oklahoma's been playing players for decades and it's worked out great for them." That was in the eighties. Come on. Just kidding, just kidding. 405-651-3439 is the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Uh, we do have a big commitment happening today at 6 p.m. That's Cormani McLean, number one corner in the country, top five player. Here's what's interesting about Cormani McLean's uh, decision tonight. It's between Bama, Florida, and Miami. All right, well, OU, what's interesting about it? Well, Cormani McLean, again, he's like he's the number one ranked corner, top five player nationally. It looks like Florida is going to get Cormani McLean. Florida sits at number eight right now in the recruiting rankings. But the margin is so wide from Florida at eight to the rest of the pack that Florida's probably gonna get this kid today and they're not gonna move up, they're not gonna move up any spots. They're gonna they're gonna get Cormani McLean tonight, Parker, and they're still gonna be the eighth ranked recruiting class. That's how big of a gap there is from eight to the top seven schools in recruiting. Florida's gonna end the class, or they're gonna end the cycle with a top five class. I'm confident asserting that. And I will say this, you look at their core of defensive backs that they've already put together and that they could add Cormani McLean to, guys like Jordan Castell, Jakeem Jackson, um, gosh, the other, other Bryce Thornton, and others. And Billy Napier is doing some things on the trail in year one. Obviously, the wins are going to have to start coming. Florida has kind of gotten off to a similar start as Oklahoma in a lot of ways. Uh, inconsistency offensively, inconsistency defensively. At least it and didn't take him like five games to throw a touchdown pass, though. That is true. man. That's Okay, the Anthony Richardson hype, I never got it. I still don't get it. Anthony Richardson, to me, Never screamed first-round draft pick for anything other than 
the way that he like you think back to you've you've seen the movie Moneyball, right? Of course, of course, great movie. Great. Yeah, not yeah. a huge fan of the A's, but still a great movie. Yeah, and you know Brad Pitt sitting there like you guys are talking the same old good body nonsense, like we're selling jeans, or like we're looking for Fabio. That's what it feels like was happening with Anthony Richardson. They saw the measurables, and they said, "Okay, well, first round pick, right?" But how many times do we have to learn this lesson the hard way? That's not a good way to project quarterback success at the next level. It did level. help that Cam Rising threw an interception in the end zone uh, in the swamp and uh, all yeah. the way back in week one. That helped out the Anthony Richardson hype. Uh, can't call him by his nickname anymore. He told everyone to drop that. But, yes, it, there, there, there may be some similarities here, but it didn't take OU. I think, it was, I think it was maybe the Tennessee game when they finally actually threw a touchdown pass in a game. But Florida, yeah, man, they are doing some nice things in recruiting. And it sounds like they were really lacking in the NIL game. And Billy Napier basically told everyone, uh, let's start ponying up, please. And it sounds like the message was heard loud and clear. Because not only are they way more active in NIL in Gainesville, but um, they got a certain 2024 quarterback that they're probably going to get, you know, yeah. largely because of the NIL game. Yeah. Yeah. Now, th- Listen. If Napier continues to play his cards the right way, Florida could be playing some high-level ball here in the next couple of years. They could be in the thick of it for national championships. But again, it comes down to coaching. comes down to development. Recruiting is less than half the battle. Better find a quarterback, too. Because we've seen uh, great Florida teams with really good quarterbacks. We've seen some bad Florida teams with some bad quarterback play. Yeah, the old Johnny Brantley years. Yeah, it feels like there's like no in-between with Florida. Even they're, Either they're uh, really That's good at quarterback true. or they're really god-awful That's at, pretty uh, at true. quarterback. It's either Jeff Driscoll or it's Tim Tebow. I, uh, I, I said a few minutes ago that the party is always going for Anthony Evans, Colton Vosick, and David Hicks talk. And I wish we could do like some sort of a compilation over the past two weeks of it's like a short video clip, like a two-second <laughs> video clip each day going all the way back two weeks ago about you or us just talking about David Hicks. Because two weeks ago it would have been kind of a somber, you know, but as the days have kind of gone on here over the past couple of weeks, I don't know, I sense more of an optimistic uh, take here, an optimistic feel about David Hicks, it just, I, I don't know, it seems to be getting more and more positive on that front, is what I'm gathering. Well, the Sooners group of commits are still recruiting DJ Hicks very hard. The OU staff is still in communication with DJ Hicks. And again, Tyler, by mid-November, Texas A&M might be a 3-7 and seven football team. So I get money God willing. and all that. God willing, that'd be great. I, it's... There's a puncher's chance here for Oklahoma. I'm not saying get your hopes up. In fact, I've said quite the opposite of that for the last couple of weeks. Do not get your hopes up. Again. But there's, there's reason to believe that something could materialize down the stretch to put o- Oklahoma in position to potentially be able to flip DJ. Here's kind of what you need to look out for, I think. And you're going to have to wait a few weeks for it. But we'll continue to field David Hicks questions every single day on the text line, and that's fine. Like that's that's totally cool. Send in all your recruiting questions to the Air Comfort Solutions text line. It's basically what we're here for. But I'm going to guess that the message is the same today as it is in another two weeks' time. If he takes the visit for the Bedlam game, last home game of the year, there, there's your there, there's kind of the real moment there. If he takes that visit, what'd you say yesterday? 
If he takes that visit, you think he ends up signing with OU. Yes. Right? I do. If he doesn't, then there's your clear. I know that's not a lot of fun. You've got to wait several more weeks to see if he makes it to campus or not. But that's kind of that's what you're waiting on at this point. I don't know how much is really going to come out about this other than like hearsay and kind of feeling, you know? Like, the real evidence is whether he shows up to Norman or not for, for the Oklahoma State game. How about a punter question on the air conference oh, sex line? My favorite. Are you Somebody asked, with Turk going to the NFL next year, does OU go after a punter in the 23 class or transfer portal? No, I don't think so because they actually have two other punters on the roster right now. Josh Plaster, a transfer from Arizona State, and Brady Braun, whom they just brought in the class of 2022, one of the nation's top prep punters. I, th- I think so. Plaster has to be uh, the punter just for the last name alone. Yeah, plaster. I, 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 you can't have a guy on the roster last name Plaster and not put him in at punter. So yeah, for those curious about the punting situation, I don't know if OU is ever going to roster another punter the likes of Michael Turk again. He's been so good this year, like way better than the stats would indicate too, because he's gotten screwed by his coverage team on quite a few occasions. It's uh, the off season of uh, conversations, but where does Michael Turk rank in terms of uh, greatest OU punters of all time? <laughs> <laughs> Question is, where does Michael Turk get drafted? Because like, here's, uh, l- let me throw this out there, Tyler. How much would you bet today that Michael Turk is the highest drafted sooner? Oh my God! Oh. Dude, if like, I gave for, you, for him, if for I him, gave you ten to one odds on Michael Turk being the highest drafted sooner, how much money would you be willing? To I wouldn't out? pay. I don't think he's going to be the. Now, the the follow up question here is, well, who is going to be the the highest drafted? <laughs> yeah, no sooner? joke. And I don't have an answer to that. But as awesome as that would be for Michael Turk, I feel like OU would get made fun of a little bit if their highest drafted player was was yeah. their punter. The, the highest drafted sooner, if he declares, is going to be Anton Harrison. It, it would I be, just... yeah. It, it would be like uh, when Texas won a bowl game a few years ago and Michael Dixon, the punter, was the MVP of the bowl game. I think it was the Alamo Bowl. Wait, that happened? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Texas won a bowl game. I think it was the Alamo Bowl. and who He's, he's still punting for the Seahawks now. Yeah. He's actually a good yeah, punter. Yeah, yeah. He was the MVP of that bowl game. And I think Tom Herman like refused to call him by his name. He just called him the punter. Like that was that was a wait, wait, that was what? a deal. I'm gonna say he's not the highest drafted player. Um, it is interesting that you mentioned that because I did see something on ESPN yesterday. It's like anonymous coaches like saying who a real sleeper could be in this NFL draft, and Eric Gray was on that list. Which that you know that's interesting. I guess. Uh, here after the season, we'll be talking about his kind of his draft prospects. But if he's viewed at as a real sleeper in this upcoming draft by some people, that kind of makes me think even more that this might be his last year at OU. That's yeah. kind of the way that I'm, you know, really not heavily leaning, but definitely leaning that this is probably OU's last season with Eric Gray. And I will add, somebody makes a very good point on the text line uh, that's worth bolstering. Braden Willis is going to make himself some money this offseason. Well, he's already where, made some this, yeah. this season. I don't know where he's going to get drafted. I think a lot's going to depend on his off-season performance and combine, pro day, all that. But he's going to get drafted. He will hear his name called. Yeah. Promise you that. 405-651-3439 is the Air Comfort Solutions text line. 24-7 Sports had an interesting story today about potential quarterbacks in the transfer portal at the end of this year. And one OU quarterback was mentioned in the story as a possible portal guy. We'll tell you who that is coming up next. Keep it locked on the ref.
Locked in with McComas and Thune, live on the ref, we are the Homeless Sooner fans. Tyler McComas, Parker Thune, inside the Brown O'Haver Studios. They're listening via the ref app in Mexico City today. London, Canada. Pensacola, Florida. Philly. Boo! <laughs> I'm not a big fan of the, you know, anything that, any sports team that resides in Philadelphia. That's fair. That's fair. The Eagles, uh, Villanova basketball. Pretty much anyone. Definitely the Phillies as a uh, NL East guy with the Atlanta Braves. But Phillies tuned in today. Is it Carmel or Carmel, Indiana? Can you confirm that? Uh, we're going to say Carmel. All right. Carmel, Indiana. Des Moines, Iowa. Which, do you do you have to hate the state of Iowa as a Nebraskan that lives on the border? No, I don't have to hate the state of Iowa, but I mm. do. Oh, you do. You do hate the state of Iowa. <laughs> the state of Iowa is just not a great place, Tyler. Wow. Why? Because there's more sin on the Iowa side in Omaha okay, than there's the that Nebraska side? Okay, that is very side. true. There is far more I, sin I, in Council Bluffs, Iowa than there is in Omaha, I told Nebraska. you that a few times, that Friday show that we did in Omaha. I had yeah. no idea. When you're driving, well, from here, if you're like leaving from Oklahoma City, you basically drive in Omaha on the border of Nebraska and Iowa. The right-hand side is like Sin City, yep. and the left-hand side, it's clean old little Nebraska, just doing all the good things. Correct. That's that's very <laughs> much the nature of the dynamic, and also the remainder of the state of Iowa is just cornfields. And it's not even sweet corn, it's feed corn. Uh, Slick, Oklahoma is our small town of the day. Slick. Br- Brian, loyal listener, DM'd me on Twitter and said, hey, how about Slick, Oklahoma today? Uh, 155 people in that small town tuned in from there today. And, hey, I will take small town recommendations, that's for sure. I know we had Rattan, Oklahoma, on the text line when the show started today. Well, see, now you burned another small town. That's fine. Hey, we got enough small towns to to get through for uh, several more years. It's probably true. I will will definitely take take nominations. Uh, Real quick, before we get to the transfer portal story, did you have one of those smoked Cheez-Its? Out front before I did you got on the show have today. One of those Dude, smoked Cheez-Its. Do you no. like Cheez-Its? I think everyone yeah, likes Cheez-Its. Yeah, sure. Those are smoked Cheez-Its out there, and I've never had anything like it before. Oh, Parker, I've had about roughly 86 of those today. <laughs> uh, compete barbecue team. Greg was in here earlier. He dropped off uh, some cheese and some smoked Cheez-Its. Dude, during this next break, you got to go try one. They are awesome. Thank okay, you to Greg okay. at Compete Barbecue Team for uh, dropping those off today. That was awesome. Um, can you guess the OU quarterback in this 24-7 story that they think might be in the portal at the end of the year? You want to take a guess at it? Maybe not the one that you're thinking about. General Booty. It's not General Booty. The Davis last Bell. paragraph says, if Gabriel returns for 2023, which he will, I think, and with five-star Jackson Arnold coming in, I could see Nick Evers looking around. Evers was the number one ranked quarterback in the country coming out of Flower Mound in 2022. Maybe that is the case. I just, I don't see it right now, man. Um, I, I think that Evers is probably back next year battling for that backup quarterback spot. Now, whether he wins it or not, I mean, obviously we'll see. And if he weren't to win that job, then maybe he does make the decision at the yeah, end of next year. But I, I would expect Evers to be back next season. And I would agree with that. I think, look, it's a different conversation that we're having if Jackson Arnold gets to town, blows everybody away, supplants Evers on the depth chart, and is right there neck and neck with Dylan Gabriel 1-2 on the depth chart. But until then, no, I don't think Nick Evers is going anywhere. He and his family are very pro-OU, very pro 
Brent Venables. And so I don't think he's going to be in a hurry to move on. Now, Davis Bevel, uh, d- does he have any more Does he have any more eligibility left, Davis Bevel, after this year? Yeah, he's got another year. Okay. Um, I would probably guess that that's going to be a portal entry if I had to venture a guess there after everything that's happened this year. So I don't think that every quarterback is going to be back next year. Definitely going to have a portal uh, guy or two at quarterback. But I I, I think uh, Gabriel's back, Jackson Arnold's in, and Nick Evers is back. So kind of your top three, I guess, if you want to say it that way. I would imagine that they're all back next year. Other guys mentioned in this story, really the first guy mentioned in this story, which would be very interesting, Hudson Card. And Hudson Card has been one of the better backups in college football this year for what he's been able to do when he's been asked to start, you know? And, you know, Quinn Ewers has already gotten hurt once, and if he were to get hurt next year, then all of a sudden you're throwing in a true freshman quarterback in in Arch Manning. So I don't know how Texas is going to pitch Hudson Card to come back next year, but that might be pretty big for UT to figure out a way to bring him back. I'm going to throw a dart. You ready? Yeah. Here's the dart. Jackson dart. Uh, I wish. Mm. Hudson Card to Texas Tech. Uh, yeah, they have some young kid out there, right? Tech. Baron Morton. Yeah, yeah that I, it, it, maybe he's their long-term starter moving forward. But that is so that I guess it kind of depends on what Morton is able to do because I guess he's their starter now out there. Yeah, uh, he's overtaken Donovan past Smith two games. He's been job. their starter. So uh, if if Morton really seizes the bull by the horns, then maybe that become uh, maybe the destination becomes less attractive for Hudson Card, but I can very much see him being a Red Raider in 2023 if the opportunity is there for him to start. I'll throw a dart. Okay. Um, He'll be like a couple of Texas quarterbacks before him, transfer to SMU, and throw up silly numbers, which would mean what? OU could play Hudson Card next year in the non-conference. SMU? No, no, I don't think he's going to SMU because they got Preston Stone. They got Preston Stone waiting in the wings once Tanner Mordecai which, by the way, Tanner Mordecai can come back for another year if he wants. It's it, crazy, man. Which is wild because he's got to be like 34 by now. But no, Tanner Mordecai could be back in 2023, and odds are he probably is back in 2023 because when you look at this quarterback class, Mordecai is probably not getting drafted right now. Yeah. Aren't Hudson Card's parents big UT boosters, says the text line? Wouldn't they want him to stay? Well, ideally, but what do you want If he's more? not playing? Like, you want your kid to play or you want your kid to stay at Texas? I would imagine that they would want him to have an opportunity where he could play somewhere. And Hudson Card is good enough to where I think he could transfer somewhere and play right away, maybe even a Power 5 yeah. school. I don't think like a top-tier Power 5 school, but he could transfer somewhere and play right away. Not I a just, player. I just think it's incredibly apparent that – Texas doesn't plan on Hudson Card being the starter at any point in the No, future. no. Their plan yeah. is to go Quinn Ewers to Archman. Their reluctance to uh, put him in the game against Oklahoma State last weekend said a lot, did it not? When uh, yes. Quinn Ewers missed on like 30 throws. Uh, question from the Air Comfort Solutions text line. If Utah wins the Pac-12, do we have to worry about Tessilia Kana staying home? Well, this is what you need to know about Tessilia Kana. Utah is not home for him. In fact, he's only lived in Utah for a couple of years. Home is Hawaii, which is why you saw Hawaii make the top 10 yep. for Cecilia Akana. So, no, I don't think you need to worry about Akana staying home if Utah is to win the Pac-12. I, I, right now, I'd be far more concerned about, well, Texas A&M, because he's visiting there officially next week, and also Tennessee. 
just because of what they're doing on the field, man. They got Nico Iyamaleava, uh, who's also got the Samoan heritage. Obviously, you got that connection. He's a very active peer recruiter for Tennessee. And with the Vols trending in the right direction, say they go to Georgia and win on the 5th of November, going to be a whole lot of all commits, a whole lot of all coaches, a whole lot of alls in general that take to social media and other forums and very vocally campaign to get Akana to Rocky Top. And if they get him out there on a visit, then who knows what could happen with all the momentum that they have, right? Which they got another big home game this weekend playing Kentucky at home. They're like an 11.5, 12.5-point favorite. Like, Tennessee should win that game, but is it a look-ahead game to the biggest game that Tennessee's had in uh, – well, maybe it's only been a couple weeks, but you, you know what I mean. Like, it's, a, it's a huge game for Tennessee at Georgia. So. Everybody's got suggestions on the text line as to where Hudson Card ends up. Uh, one listener says, he's better than Rattler. He should go to South Carolina. Huh. Another says, he follows Casey Thompson to Nebraska. Somebody said Hudson Card to K-State. Yeah, that's not oh. Yeah, that's not a fit with what they want to do offensively. Yeah, well, and also, I, I he, he'd start there. He'd certainly start there because Jake Rubley is not that guy. He'd also be knocked out by week three because they ask you to run the ball so much up there. Um, somebody said, got to say, Parker, you've got good music taste for a member of Gen Z. Refreshing to see. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, in what world was Evers the number one QB last year? Thought the, Cade Club. No, he was wasn't number one. number one. No, he was like the number 10 quarterback. He was an Elite 11 finalist. I, I believe he was the number 10 quarterback in the nation in the 24-7 sports composite. But no, Cade Klubnik was the number one QB in last year's recruiting class. Somebody asked about Drake Stoops, if he has another year of eligibility. Yes, he does. So you'd figure he will be back in 2023. Uh, if I were a portal QB, says another listener, I'd look at schools on TCU's schedule. Guaranteed playing time. <laughs> Great Because point. TCU SMU, see? That's why I say go to SMU. It, they may have their quarterback of the future, Parker, but what, TCU and SMU normally play like week two or week three, I think. He'll be the starter for 75% of the season. Battle for the iron skillet, isn't that what they call it? Yep, that's there correct. Yeah, uh, one other texter asked, which positions will OU go in the, uh, the hardest in the transfer portal? Um, linebacker. Linebacker is definitely going to be one. You'd like to find an interior defensive lineman for sure. We'll see what happens with David Hicks. I mean, and we'll see what happens with the offensive line as well. Yeah. Depending on the attrition there, I can see the Sooners checking out one, and they will get a tight end. They will, they will 100% get a, end. get a tight end. If they want a tight end next year, they'll go to the portal to get one. Somebody yeah. said Hudson Card to Cracker Barrel. Uh, I love that. <laughs> I don't know if that's a reference to Teddy and I talking Cracker Barrel on the show last week or not, but regardless, it's fantastic. 405-651-3439 is the Air Comfort Solutions text line. More OU curtain, more OU football on the other side. Keep it locked on the ref. Locked in with McComas and Thune, live on the ref. We're the homeless Sooner fans. Tyler McComas, Parker Thune inside the Brown O'Haver Studios. We've got so many texts to catch up on. 
Going to try to get to as many as possible. Uh, Marcus Major's status for this week. It's a really good question. I This is a guess. I'm going to guess that he's available on Saturday, but this is a big game for him, man, because Javante Barnes... He's he's coming. He's kind of like he's asserting himself as maybe the number two back on this team. Clearly, Eric Gray's number one. This is a game where if Marcus Major is available, he needs to play well. Well, he was available for the Kansas game. He just didn't play. Yeah, which speaks to how good Javante Barnes has been, and he hasn't been spectacular. Eric Gray has been spectacular, but I think Javante Barnes has done enough to where he's. He's got a lot of people feeling pretty good about uh, him as the second running back on this depth chart and the first in line to be the change of pace to Gray. Well, and maybe your number one back next year. Yeah, yeah no joke. He's the odds-on favorite to be your number one running back next year, I would right? think so. And he can just he can do some things that some other guys at that position. Uh, Eric Gray's great. I mean, but Javante Barnes, you can you can see the flashes of – yeah. Real uh, potential there. Yeah, he's going to be a fun football player. Yeah. The Sooners' is. backfield next year is going to be interesting because you'd figure Barnes is going to be the one to head it up, but you're going to have Gavin Sawchuk in the mix, and man, can he fly. Emeka Megwa you know is what? intriguing. And I totally forgot about that until last week. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, they got a transfer coming in from Washington that can't play until next year. It's It's crazy. We got another one from UCF, right? Is it Bentavious? Bentavious Thompson, but Thompson. He's, he's done after this okay. year. This is his last year eligibility, and he hasn't played at all. No, he, he hasn't. He hasn't. But you're right. And, and maybe they we'll, we'll see if they go get a running back in the portal or not. Seemingly, running backs are, are always available via the portal. One listener says, Barnes doesn't look like he has as much get-up-and-go as Major. I don't see the potential. Well, I'm going to have to disagree with you on that huh, one. Okay. Um, Interesting. I heard someone else mention it, says Peyton, but I wonder if Major rushed back for Texas and then took last week off, then taking the bye and getting ready for the home stretch. Why would they? Why would he take the Kansas game off? That was a huge game for, for this team. Yeah, I, I, I don't understand. Yeah. I, huh. I guess I'm just a little bit confused at that thought process, if that was the case. One listener says Major didn't get enough carries to have a chance at being effective. He got a lot of run early in the season, and he did some nice things. He had his chance. I think it – to a certain extent, like he didn't. I don't think he's ceded RB two duty to Barnes by virtue of sheer ineffectiveness. I think to a certain extent he kind of got Wally pipped. You know, he's down with an injury or hobbled with an injury for a couple of weeks, and Barnes comes on really strong. If Major had been available for that TCU game, because that was really where Barnes emerged, was in Fort Worth. He was the lone bright spot on that day for Oklahoma. Yep. So. Maybe we're not talking about Javante Barnes at all right now if Marcus Major had been available against TCU. Eric Gray has another year of eligibility, yes. Yeah, he's but not using it. My, yeah, my, he's gone. Both of our thoughts is he's he's gone to the NFL. Uh, real quick, I forgot to bring this up yesterday. Dang it. Uh, but there is a new in-state offer out. Nate Roberts from uh, just up the street from us here in Norman at Washington. 2025 tight end, Nate Roberts. He sounds like one of these kids that grew up an Oklahoma fan. Yep. Um, he I, just very familiar with the area. You, you would, you'd probably feel pretty good about this one, though it's a couple of years away from, from us talking about Nate Roberts being a senior. You do feel good about this one, I think, if you're Oklahoma, because yes, there's a ton of familiarity there. There is fandom there, and Nate Roberts is going to be a guy that collects a whole lot more offers. He is He's already got a whole lot more offers and a whole lot more interest, but it's going to be real hard for him to say no to Oklahoma. By the way, 
He has an older brother who played at Norman North, Jake Roberts. Oh, yeah. Uh, who is now playing tight end down at North Texas. He's had quite a nice year. A year to the point where you kind of start to wonder, okay, might he cash his chips in, hit the transfer portal, and try to land somewhere bigger? Because that, that happens would, at the non-Power 5 level. Yes, it does. Uh, quite, it, it, and OU got a couple of those guys this past and that's portal what, cycle. That's, what no, that's one thing that nobody talks about. The transfer portal is not good for parity across the board because it hurts group of five teams the most. You have anybody that puts up a banner year at the G5 level, odds are they're going to hit the transfer portal and try to go find somewhere bigger to play out their last year or two. Like, look at Wyoming, for example. Their best yes. wide receiver, maybe the best player that they had. I don't really know. I didn't look at Wyoming's roster last year. He takes off for Texas. Now he got hurt and it's not going to play this year. And then they have a defensive back who winds up at OU. Two I, defensive backs. I don't. I, I, can't I don't know the other one. I don't know uh, how much else of their roster was gutted, but yeah, some of those guys have great years and they're off to Power Five schools. Wyoming starting quarterback transferred to Utah State. Yeah. So yes, precisely. You put up a big year at the G five level. You're always going to have to worry about that guy bouncing and trying to find a more attractive destination. How about Washington, Oklahoma, by the way? They have Nate Roberts at tight end, who's going to be a highly ranked prospect. Uh, then you also have Cooper Alexander, the son of former Sooner and pro bowler Steven Alexander. That's a nice little two tight end uh, combo that the Washington Warriors have. Dang. Congrats to those guys. Who is the most famous Sooner to come out of Washington, Oklahoma? Is James, James Winchester? Winchester, yes. Yeah, that, that's kind of the and, you know recency bias. I haven't been alive long enough to have a real sense of who else has come out of Washington that I could compare him to. But, yeah, in recent memory, James Winchester certainly takes the cake, I would say. Text line, is the kid from Washington the next Charlie Kohler? Uh, I hope so. Uh, and at this point, if there's a good tight end, in Norman or around the Norman area, this staff needs to say, yeah, let's offer this kid. Because uh, you had Charlie Kohler go to Iowa State and win the Campbell Trophy, by the way, last year, which is basically the academic Heisman. He had a great career, though, with, with the Cyclones. And then how about uh, George Kittle? Yeah, he was, was the last. Who got the last forget. scholarship at Iowa and ends up being one of the best tight ends in the NFL. People forget George Kittle was a Norman Tiger. And now he might be the best tight end in the game, save for Travis Kelsey, in the National Football League. And, Which, I, and he played uh, wide receiver at Norman High, by the way. Yeah. It's wild to me to see George Kittle doing what he's doing in the NFL because when I was in high school, I worked on the radio network for the Iowa Hawkeyes football broadcasts. And so I'd listen to eight hours of Iowa football coverage every Saturday. And about four first downs in those eight hours. Yeah, actually their offense was a little bit better back then. Um, but George Kittle was he he was a straight up jag for he Iowa. Was, like, he, he was on the cover of Sports. He was on that uh, that Iowa team that started off like ten or eleven and zero. Remember, he was on the cover of Sports Illustrated one year. Yeah, and they, last no, year they in Iowa. That Iowa team in twenty fifteen was that fifteen because they lost to fifteen. They lost to Michigan State. They went twelve and zero in the big uh, Big Ten championship game, and I think the winner was going to go to the playoff and get murdered by Alabama in the first round. Yeah, that's still one of the greatest predictions I've ever made because I looked at Iowa's schedule preseason and I said they're going twelve and zero because it was cupcake soft, charming soft, and lo and behold, they went twelve and zero. They needed a fifty-seven yard field goal at the horn to beat Pittsburgh, but yeah, they were twelve and zero and a whisper away from the college football playoff. 
an LJ Scott forearm away from the playoffs. Man, talk about things I didn't expect to bring up today, the 2015 Iowa season. <laughs> it was Michigan State that won the Big Ten that year, and they got uh, shut out by Alabama. Sorry, Sparty. Didn't George Kittle's dad play football at Iowa? I don't know. I know Bruce Kittle yeah. was on staff yeah, yeah. in Oklahoma. And, 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 he, and he coached here, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mark Andrews is a hell of a lot better than Kittle, says the text line. There's been yeah, a few fair. rolling in. Yes. That's fair. Yeah, Mark Andrews I'll among the best that. as well. Uh, 405-651-3439 is the Air Cover Solutions text line. Still a lot to get to. Kate Kendall. McDonald. Kendall. Kendall says, let me guess, Oklahoma hasn't looked at the kids from Washington. Kendall, we were just talking about how they offered the kid from Washington. Yeah, 25 kid. Was it like a late offer or anything like that? It was a, it was a 25 offer. They're all right. All right, more to come. Final segment of Locked In's next. Elite Roofing Systems bringing you this hour of Locked In. Elite Roofing Systems, they're servicing all of Oklahoma's roofing needs. Let Craig Cox and the team at Elite Roofing put over three decades of experience to work for you. EliteRoofOK.com or you can call them at 405-361-3094. That's 405-361-3094. Elite Roofing Systems bringing you this hour of Locked In. Sorry, I was laughing that entire break. Just thinking about you reading Kindle text because they all sound the same. It all they all start with a <sighs> heavy, and then Kindle like you're almost like you're like yelling at him before you read his text. It's the same. He's thing always he's always complaining time. about the in-state uh, kids. I love it. Kendall so Kendall much. still isn't over Cole Adams. Uh, what are players and coaches pitching to David Hicks to get him to OU? That's from the nine one eight. We're not A and M. It's a pretty strong recruiting pitch right now, <laughs> among other things. But that's, that's what it boils down to. We're not, we're not going to be three and seven by mid-November. Do they play it safe and let Billy Bowman redshirt for the remainder of the year? I believe he has one more game in his pocket. Maybe come back for the bowl game if available. I think that they're just going to try to get him back as soon as possible. Red could he redshirt? No, he could. No, he couldn't redshirt. Yeah, I, I thought the that GCU was past game. Yeah, that was the fifth game of the year. But even if that opportunity were available, like you need Billy Bowman playing football, man. Because if you want to talk about potential on the defensive side of the ball, this defense has been a lot better when he's been out there. So, don't, uh, don't, whenever he's ready to go, trust me, they'll, they'll throw him back out there. I had I had somebody tell me somebody who would know. Uh, tell me yes, because of course Billy Bowman has been practicing. He's not back to 100%, but he's been practicing. And that individual said, Billy Bowman at 85% is still the best defensive player Oklahoma has. I mean, it sounds like it's a joke, but is it actually true? I think it might actually be true. No, I, I, I am in. Was it, on, was it meant as a joke or was it meant no, as it like, was completely, okay, like, okay. it was completely sincere. <laughs> and I would agree with that take. I would absolutely agree with that take. Uh, let's see. How does the 2015 Iowa season affect recruiting? Well done. Whoever sent that in from the 918. What's C.J. Beathard doing these days? Well, he was starting in the NFL way longer than I thought he was going yeah, to. Yeah, no joke. Was he starting games for the uh, 49ers yeah, at one Niners point? because Garoppolo was hurt. That was pre-Trey Lance. I don't know where he's at these days. I have no idea. Hopefully he's somewhere. Uh, the latest on Colton Vosick, we'll, we'll just kind of hit the, the top three names you want to know. Latest on Colton Vosick, ugh, 
I don't know, has a former Texas player been tweeting him late at night like Roy Miller did? I haven't seen that. The latest on Colton Vosick is that nothing has changed in the last 24 hours. And I I would venture guess that nothing is going to change over the next month. Unless he ends, uh, ends up in another Texas home game. Yeah, unless the wheels fall off for Oklahoma and or the wheels fall off for Texas. DJ Hicks brought it up earlier in the show, but kind of the same thing. At this point, you almost have to follow the visits this late. DJ yeah, Hicks. that's exactly what you have to do. DJ Hicks is in Norman for the Bedlam game. Feel good about that? Yeah, you, you start to feel really good if about Colton it. If Colton Vosick ends up in Austin for another game, start to feel bad about that. Queasy, you might say. Yeah, and Anthony Evans, say follow the visits. It sounds like he's going to that Georgia game, but if he doesn't end up in Athens, follow. sometimes where the visits don't happen, feel really good about Anthony no, Evans that, if he that, doesn't end that up That visit will happen, and I'm just letting you folks know now, don't put any stock into it. Anthony Evans is a Sooner. That's what it amounts to. That's like your crystal ball? Yes. Your crystal ball saying, don't worry about yeah, it. You just go for a great football game. Do not worry about game. Georgia. Okay. Well, Jackson Arnold said he was going to take care of it yesterday. So maybe he's already taken care of it. Well, he said he's going to talk to him. Isn't that what he said? Yeah. Direct quote. Quote, I'll talk to him. So, <laughs> And they did talk. And I'm going to see Jackson Arnold tonight again. Should be fun. Is that game uh, televised anywhere? A lot of I people have been asking on the text I'm line I'm sure about it's televised that. somewhere. I don't Yeah, I, I, I feel like most major high school programs have, like, like at the ref, we stream both Norman schools, yeah. uh, all the Moore schools, all the Edmond schools, and Deer, uh, Deer Creek, KREFsports.tv. Shameless plug there. I'm going to guess Geyer has some sort of technology at their school where they're streaming the games and people can find it. I would think so. Geyer McKinney tonight, obviously. Jackson Arnold, Peyton Bowen, Ryan Yates, Eli Bowen in action for Geyer. Xavier Filsame, Brian Jackson, two 2024 four-star offers, targets for Oklahoma in action for McKinney. Number one corner in the country, top five player, Cormani McLean is going to commit tonight at 6 Central. It's Bama, it's Florida, it's Miami. He will put on a Gator hat. Florida is currently the number eight class, and that's where they will stay after landing a top five player wow. tonight, which is nuts. It's That's crazy. I'm telling you, man, that gap between the top seven and the rest. Florida was always going to join the party, but Oklahoma's at the very least closing with a top eight class. Yeah, for sure. All right, that'll do it for Parker. The Rush is coming up next. Keep it locked in the ref.